Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Dare is Human. I'm your host, Adam Connor. I am feeling a lot better. I've been so under the weather since, I guess, about two and a half weeks ago, and it has been such a struggle, but I am finally starting to disembark off that struggle bus, and here we are on another Monday, which means a mini-sode, it means I'm passing along something that I have experienced, been inspired by uh, over the past week or couple of weeks that I believe can help me and you both further embrace the to dare is human mentality. And if you're new to the show, this is a project, really. It's all about examining the lives of folks who are jumping into new ventures, jumping into their passions, deviating from some standard or otherwise determined path, the dare, as I'm referring to it. And every week I talk to somebody new who's made that dare or is making it now and talking about the struggles that they've gone through, but ultimately talking about the successes that they've found so that you can be inspired if you are looking to jump into a side project, to jump into something completely new of how to do it and that there are people who have done it just like you will. But anyway, on Mondays, I tend to look at something that I've been either reading or something I've been listening to. And this week it is another book. And before talking about that book, I want to talk about the idea of flow. Lots of different definitions of flow. I remember back when I was in high school, it was all about people with uh, long hair. They have flow. Drake has flow when he raps. Um, As you can tell, I don't have a whole lot of flow when it comes to really either of those two things. But the idea of flow, of your mannerisms, of your tone, of your expressions, of your feelings towards something being in sync. And this is actually something that is talked about in the book that I'm going to talk about today. Have you ever had that moment where you just feel like something's clicking? If you're in traditional business, you're in a meeting and things are just going right, you're cooperating really well with team members, or you're communicating really well with somebody external to the company, or you're coordinating really well with somebody. Or if you're into sports, where you just almost feel like you know what's going to happen, or if you're an actor, you're just on stage with somebody, you're having a really great conversation, and you're advancing uh, into a scene and into feelings and into character development beyond anything that you'd ever felt before, whether it be in a rehearsal or a performance, or you just seem to be clicking on all gears. That's what I'm referring to. I have had times of both being in flow and horribly out of flow where I feel that I am saying something that I don't actually mean or doing some mental buffering in a situation where I'm thinking what I'm saying right now isn't even genuinely what I feel or what I want to express or what I want the other party in this situation to pick up or to perceive or to feel. That is something that is addressed, although it's not called mental buffering, in this book that I've been reading, uh, that I'm almost done, but I've been tearing through it because it's an incredibly well-written book and it's a really inspiring story by the author. The book is called Presence, Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges. And what the book talks about is how to operate in synchrony. And this is talked about very early on in the book, but essentially how to line up your subject material with your feelings towards that subject material so that you could do a couple of things. One, come off as more trustworthy while seeming competent as those two are often taken at odds. Sometimes they are. There's a book, uh, there's a story in this book talking about gang violence in Boston that brings that specific point up. 
and it can also help you to slough off nervousness or uneasiness in a particular situation by getting rid of all preconceived notions. Now, not getting rid of a plan per se, although maybe in a situation in which you are truly present, you end up ditching a plan that you had for it coming in. But here's a great example. If I am walking into a meeting uh, with a prospect, as you guys know, I'm involved in sales, and I have an idea of what this person wants, and I think this person's really going to get this type of value out of what I'm talking about. And then I discover very early on in the meeting or at some point during the conversation that I should be driving a completely different direction. I will drop that preconceived notion about what I think somebody wants and allow myself to open up and listen. So I'll start to become more question-based. I'll be a lot more open-ended in the things that I'm talking about. And ultimately, I will come off as understanding more, caring more, contributing more, curating more, everything. I'm coming up with all these C words, but being more present helps with this flow. It helps things to click and helps things to operate smoothly. Now, what does this all mean in coordination with a dare? Well, when you are first starting out something new, thinking about a new side gig, thinking about a new career path, thinking about dropping your career path and starting something creative, whatever it is, there is that first element of planning. Here is what I want to do. Here is how I think I want to go about it. But ultimately down the line, you're going to have to encounter somebody else or something else. It's not going to be just you pushing towards your goals. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to meet with a mentor or an advisor. You're going to have to meet with a mentor pretty much in any field. If you're involved in the arts, you're going to audition for somebody. And you have to go into those things with a completely open mind. That's much more easily said than done. Preconceived notions are always going to inhabit and in some cases infect our thoughts and our mind in that situation. But by allowing yourself to be open not only to listening to the things that are coming at you, but also to go in with an opinion of, hey, this is what I think is going to work. If this person that I'm talking with does not agree with me, then that's the fact. And I have to set it aside and I have to allow myself to be open to something new or allow myself to be open to a new solution or answering a new question or tackling a new problem. And to not allow yourself to be crushed in that moment, because that will kill many a dare, or at least the prospects for that dare. This book also tackles the aspect of imposter syndrome. It's referred to as imposter phenomenon here, but I'm sure many of you know this rather well. If you don't, it's generally the phenomenon that you and your successes, and I was just talking about this earlier today with a friend of mine, but I'm going to use this analogy because I think it makes sense. Imagine your and society's perception of your accomplishments and value in a given field as a souffle. Bear with me here. You do certain things. You make accomplishments in a field or you have some success. Somebody else says, hey, you're really successful. You're really great at what you do. I admire you for these reasons. You bring this value. And whether you are just starting out in a new field or you are well-established in that field, there is always somewhere this feeling that I don't necessarily belong. So I'll give a few examples for me. I went to Harvard and I was immediately inundated with folks who were incredibly smart. And it's not like I hadn't hit the books, but there were folks out there who were 
had all fives across APs and I don't know, IB exams and ACTs and everything else were top of the line. And there were folks who were extremely influential um, because they had gone and done international travel and were heads of businesses at the age of 17 and 18. And they were very well established in a certain niche field. And I didn't have too much of that. I, I was really good at public speaking and I was a competitive public speaker and I, that was my niche. That's where I was really good. But for me, it didn't compare to like, oh, well, this person is doing a whole lot for charity or they have this idea to bring clean water to, to Africa or whatever it was. And in some ways, I felt like a bit of an imposter. I was operating in the air, if you will, of a souffle. And expecting that one day one of my professors or somebody in the real world post-grad would realize that I wasn't actually as impressive as all of those stereotypical Harvard grads and that somebody would prick the top of the souffle and the whole thing would come crashing down. That is dangerous because if you're living inside that air, you can do more to pop that bubble yourself by letting those negative thoughts impact the value or the product that you are providing. Now, the other way to combat that is to simply be present, to say, hey, people are valuing what I'm doing. People notice an opportunity for me, whatever it is. I'm going to accept that and see how I can build on that. The last chapter of this book by Amy Cuddy talked about faking it until you become it. How do I embrace these perceptions of me to further my goals, to get down the path to success even though maybe I don't always feel like I'm meant to be there. So I would encourage you to read this book because there are many examples of this. And at the end of the day, many ways to develop, it's called tweaks in the book, but slight changes to make yourself more present in the moment. And again, as it relates to a dare, this will help in the very beginning. And it will also help those first six to 12 months into a major change where that honeymoon period is over and you are faced with real decisions. If you're an entrepreneur going in front of investors and proving that you need a million dollars for 5% of the company, you know, or whatever it is, if you're in front of a potential agent or a manager or somebody who could cast you to slough off any fears you have and just be open to expressing your gifts in front of them. There are many examples that I could go into, but this is meant to be a mini-sode and I'm going to keep it relatively short. But like I said, I've had examples of this myself. When I started up this podcast, oh man, you wouldn't believe the number of likes that came pouring in from all of my Facebook friends. Everybody's like, oh, that's so great. That's amazing. And beyond that, of course, I've stayed consistent. I started with one episode a week. I've bumped it to one and a half sort of with these mini-sodes a week. And the engagement is okay. I'm not getting hundreds of likes or a hundred likes or whatever. People saying, oh, this is so great. This is great that you're doing this brand new thing. That honeymoon period is over. But how can I remain consistent? How can I remain present in this moment and continue to remind myself that even though, you know, hey, this isn't the number one on iTunes, I am still doing something that feels right. And when I do that, things tend to click much better. I tend to have great interviews. I tend to hear a lot more from you. I tend to hear a lot more feedback in the way of emails or people that I talk to in person. Sometimes I get iTunes reviews, but you know, I talk about that and it's a lot of people don't do that. I don't want to ask for that really anymore, actually. If you want to say something great about the show and go to the iTunes and download the podcast app and then go into the podcast app and then sign into the thing and then do the five stars and write, hey, this is a great show, that's great. I love that other people can see that if they're really going to go and search for this podcast on iTunes. Maybe they will and maybe they won't. 
But the point is that I will keep improving this show as anybody will keep improving their craft through honest feedback. And all that I can do is just be open. I've had lots of great congratulations about starting this thing up, and I think it's really cool. And some people say, I'm even surprised that you stuck with this because it's an increasingly saturated field. That's how anybody starts, really. But some of the more valuable comments that I've gotten are from people that I've interviewed or people who are writing into me that notice something that could be tweaked and to say, this could be better for X reason. And I'm keeping myself as open to that as I can. And I think that that is arguably helping the show more than this positive reinforcement loop. Although, hey, I love the compliments. Keep them coming. Regardless, it's the feedback and being present in the moment of receiving that feedback that allows me to grow. Anyway, hopefully this doesn't come off as preachery as I mean it to be. But I wanted to just talk about this book because it's really opening my mind. As I'm reading it, I'm thinking of more and more examples where I can learn to become more present, learn to be more open to feedback, learn to be more accepting, so that ultimately I can become more competent at what I do, more successful at what I do, more trusted for what I do, so that I can provide more value. Again, no matter your industry, no matter your field, no matter your passion, at the end of the day, you will be judged based on the value that you are giving to others and what you can provide. And the best way to improve on that is to stay present, to stay cognizant, and to stay aware that you are always open to change and you are always malleable to improvement. All right, guys, I know that got a little bit of preachy, but hey, it's a great message and I'm just blown away by this book. I'm going to keep writing it. I wish I could get Amy on this show. Maybe I will. In the meantime, I'm going to go run because I'm going to go open up this book again. Uh, what are all the links? Tadera is human at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check all those out. I've been really into Instagram recently. I've been posting about once a day, sometimes twice a day, motivational quotes that I come across. And obviously, every time I post a new episode, I'll post some artwork up for that. Books that I read, I'll be posting those up. Uh, so I'm getting really involved into there, arguably more than the other platforms right now. So one of the best ways to engage with me is right there through Instagram. So check it out. It's at two dares human. There's pretty much daily content happening there. I've been doing a few videos and I'm not sure how much I'll continue that, but uh, I might be doing some vlogs. I might be doing some posts based on stories that I've had. My most recent one is about how I hit Cal Ripken as a kid. I'll keep that open. You could check out YouTube, type as Today is Human. Hopefully the channel comes up. It's brand new. But regardless, I will see you again on Wednesday. We have a brand new episode of Wonder Women coming up. And I hope you guys have been enjoying that series. If you do, please let me know and let me know how I can improve it because, hey, I'm going to be present in the moment and try to improve. Until Wednesday, I'm your host, Adam Connor. This has been another episode. Keep daring and I'll see you later.